because it always started at zero. And, you know, I think it's a lot like uh, spring training is for baseball teams or training camp is for football teams. Everything is possible. Everybody's eligible for club. Everybody has that opportunity. And it doesn't matter how good your year was last year. We're all at zero. Hello and welcome to the Sales Genius Podcast. This is Doug Davidoff. I am your host. Happy New Year. Don't forget, join the Sales Genius Network if you haven't done it already. Come on, you've been listening to, I hope, multiple podcasts. You've heard this multiple times. The Sales Genius Network is a free community. It provides show notes to the podcast, resources, training materials. Uh, We're going to be launching some new features to share the stories and insights from other salespeople, marketers, demand generators, customer success people, all about how to make the job of finding, getting, and keeping high-profit, high-value customers easier for everybody. I got to tell you, oh, I forgot, www.salesgeniusnetwork.com to sign up. Don't forget to do that. Also, check out the Sales Genius Network community on Mighty Networks. Yes, that's right. We have stepped up to uh, to live our values. We have walked away from Facebook for a whole variety of reasons. You can check out uh, the Demand Creator blog to, to learn why we've done that. Mighty Network, really, really great platform, really great place to build a community. Um, if you have any questions, just send us an email at Doug David off me. I'll give you the details. Join the network on Mighty Networks. Got to tell you, I love this time of year. I, I remember as a salesperson, uh, there was nothing that I, I don't know why, that I liked so much as the new year. Uh, I remember the first production day of every year, I would print out my production report because it always started at zero. And, you know, I think it's a lot like uh, spring training is for baseball teams or training camp is for football teams. Everything is possible, everybody's eligible for club. Everybody has that opportunity, and it doesn't matter how good your year was last year. We're all at zero. We all get to make it happen. Now, it's an exciting time of year, but I've also learned we kind of make some mistakes. You know, we, 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 we finish that sprint to the end of the year. End of the year is a fascinating period of time because it's three deadlines at one time. It's the end of the month, the end of the quarter, and the end of the year. We celebrate, we took some time off, we spent some time with family, and now everything's wide open again. And, and we got a whole lot of time again. Everything's renewed. But, but there's a myth around the year because you know, we think of a year as 365 or, uh, in, in this case, this year, 366 days. But, but the reality is your year is not 365 days. Think about it. You know, right off the bat, you're going to take weekends off. At least I hope you are. Um, and, and, and if you think trying to work six or seven days a week is, is going to give you the hustle and, and you're going to capture more ground, uh, you know, check the research. You'll see that, that when you aren't recuperating, your performance level drops to the point where what you pick up in time, you lose in effectiveness. So, you know, right off the bat, you're going to take 104 days off the year. So that's from 365, that's down to 261 days, just on weekends. 
Then you've got you know ten to fifteen holidays. You've got two weeks or more vacation. You've got probably fifty days, somewhere in the thirty to fifty days that that are going to be accounted for administrative issues, offsites, training. When you really break it down, your year is approximately two hundred days of production. Right, every day is a half a percent of your ability to produce. Right. The question is, how are you going to use those 200 days? Right. Too often we set goals that, that require levels of activity that just can't be met. And, and while I'm a big believer in setting goals and setting objectives, what, what's even more important is setting what's the path to that objective, so if you've got your 2020 goal or objective there, spend some time this weekend or this week and, and write out um, this document. How are we going to get there? I want you to tell a story of the how. What are the things that you did? What are the things that you're doing that are going to get you to achieve that objective? Look at the how are we going to get there, which should be very process um, not micro activity driven, but you know, how many people are you going to focus on? What's the activity levels going to be? What are the what are the key waypoints that you're looking for? How are you going to know if you're on course or off course? Tell the story of how you're going to achieve the goal. Then look and ask: Can you do all of that in 200 production days? Now, I want to give you three tips that I've used as a salesperson, and I've advised any salesperson I've coached to get the most of any production year. Here's the first tip. Play poker. You know, I've, I've gotten sick and tired of hearing people talk about it's, it's chess, not checkers. And I always say to them, it's neither chess nor checkers. We are playing poker. Here's what I want you to think of. I want you to think of your pipeline as a round of poker. Every stage of your pipeline is a round of seven-card stud, right? Maybe you have... Three rounds, maybe you have seven rounds. Whatever, however your pipeline's broken up, think of that as a stage of the pipeline. Pre-pipeline, that's the ante stage, right? If you're playing poker, you're going to look at, if you're playing seven-card stud, you're going to look at your two cards, and you're going to make the decision, do I want to play this hand? I, I've shared in other places that one of the key differences between great poker players and average poker players and basically the difference between the two is that the average poker players provide all the money that enables the great poker players to make a lot of money. The, the biggest difference is great poker players fold far more frequently. Great poker players don't play. Right? They're very careful about what hands they play. Now, if you're playing seven-card stud, you've got the blind, right? which means the whole purpose of the blind is to force you to have to ante at least a certain number of times. Here's the great thing about sales. There's never a blind. You always get to be careful. You always get to be very choosy about, are you going to play this hand? And then through each stage, you're, you're updating your decisions. If, if you've ever watched World Series of Poker or some poker tournament on ESPN or, or, or any other channel, you'll see as, as, as the hand's developing, they're changing what the odds are. You're seeing how each of the players are reanalyzing where am I in, in, in relation to the likelihood of, of, of winning my hand. They're, they're looking at the probability. They're looking at the table. They're looking at other players. They're thinking about what, a, 
what do I want to accomplish now? What do I want to accomplish long term? And then they're making that decision. See, the next thing that great poker players do is they don't let the decisions they make that they made previously overly impact the decisions that they're making now. As a matter of fact, if you're a poker player and you start doing it, you start letting those previous decisions drive your future decisions like, oh my God, I've you know had such a round of bad luck, so I'm going to bet because you know, the luck's got to turn or, or the I'm hot fallacy or any of those things. They have a term for that. They, they say you've tilted, right? That's not a good thing. Realize every round, every time you're, every piece of attention or time you're spending on an opportunity, you are betting your time, you're betting costs. Make no mistake, it costs you and your company money to pursue opportunities. And, and the scarcest resource of all, you're, you're putting energy against that opportunity. So you've got to assess what's the value of winning that to the probability of winning that to determine is this the right place to spend your time, cost, and energy. Play poker. Part of that, part of being able to play a better game of poker is to to look at your customer base, look at your pipeline, look at your 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 how and segment your prospect slash customer base in, in two ways. Um and I'm going to give you two really simple ways to do it. You can advance on this as you want, whatever works for you. But the first way is think large, moderate, and small. Right? I used to make the mistake because I like to go for the home runs. I would rather um, you know, put five times my time and attention on, on one opportunity that's going to get me you know, 20% of the way to my number than I would to spend it on, on 10 opportunities. Um, and, and while for me that worked overall, I, I learned that it actually wasn't the best way to manage my year, right? Depending upon your market, your style as a salesperson, what works well for you, what doesn't work well for you, you, you want to identify what's the balance. How many large opportunities do you want to be working? How many moderate opportunities? How many small opportunities? Like large opportunities, they take far more effort. Now, there's big wins for it. Again, it's not just the time, it's the energy and, and the mind space that, that that opportunity takes. You can only effectively manage so many of them at any given time. Small opportunities, they're, the, they're, they're, they're much more um, natural to, to salespeople who have experience. You don't have to do as much heavy thinking. They don't require the same pull. Now, now the win's not the same value. But but think about how do you want to allocate your time? What's the right balance? You know, in the same way that we talk about the balance plate, if you want to eat healthy, what's the balance that you want to maintain for how many larger opportunities, moderate opportunities, and small opportunities are, are you working? Um, and and if three segments don't work there, that's fine. Choose two, but but have that balance and and, and be sure you're keeping that um, in a healthy space. The second place to segment. And, and this is probably the single greatest tactic I've ever used to maximize my production. I, I learned, or I should say someone once told me that salespeople only get themselves in trouble in one of two places, either the short term or the long term. I joked around, it's kind of like my golf game. I've only got two weaknesses in my golf game, the short game or the long game. Um, there's only two places where you're going to get yourself hurt, short term or long term, right? If you spend too much, if too much of your focus is on the long term, then you're not going to be closing business. You're not going to hit a number, and that's a problem. But if you spend too much time on your short-term opportunities, if you fill your pipeline up so it's maxed, and I'll tell you, 
that is a fun time to be an account executive is when your pipeline is maxed. The, the problem is you've got no attention on the long term. And as you work through that pipeline, when you get to the other side, there's like nothing there. Um, and not only does that create long-term problems, it actually reduces your effectiveness on the short term. So I, I like to think of it as a focus group and a farm group. Um, so for example, this year, I have a focus 50 and a farm 100. My focus 50 are the 50 accounts that I'm focused on for a meaningful action in the next three to six months. My farm group, the farm 100, those are the accounts that I'm looking to get meaningful action over the next six to 18 months. You see that that farm list is going to waterfall into my focus. My focus is going to drive my revenue, and I'm making sure that I'm balancing my time between my farm building for the long term and my focus managing my short term hitting my number. The third objective, the third tip, dedicate 20 to 50% of your time to early stage market development or prospecting. Salespeople today are spending far, far too much of their time at the very end stage and, and they're becoming less relevant. Right? The opportunity to have your biggest influence is early. But here's what's worse. If you're a salesperson and you're only getting involved in the latter half of the sales process, then you can only be reactive. You're going to be dealing with far more urgency. So you're going to work twice as hard for the outcome that you get. And you're going to have far less control over the timing and the rhythm of what's happening because your customer is dictating the process. And, and I'll tell you, I don't really care how good of a salesperson you are. If you're in the second half, you're not going to have control of that. And like I said, you're going to have to work twice as hard. If you look at the great salespeople out there, the people who produce consistently, their pre-pipeline, their pre-funnel is, is healthier and more active than their funnel is. Because they realize if they can get things set up before it gets into the funnel, before it gets into the pipeline, then life in the pipeline becomes a whole lot more manageable and a whole lot more predictable. So make sure you're spending consistent time, 20 to 50% on market development, building that base, building that awareness, generating your opportunities of the future. It's the beginning of the year. Everything is possible. Go out, make it happen. And until next time, be a sales genius.